When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, time for another edition of Coach Speak. I'm growing to love this show, guys. I don't know about my two co-hosts, but I'm starting to love this show. That's Ira. There's Corey. Hopefully you guys are liking it, too. It's always fun to hear from coaches. We love college football and we love excuses. And we love anger and frustration and humor, and it's all there when we get into coach speak. So if you like the show, like it and share it and tell everybody about it. And by the way, the three of us cover Florida State. But you don't have to care about Florida State to like this show. You can just like college football and like to listen to coaches squirm. It's fun. It's a good time. So without further ado, our esteemed producer, Ben, will have the first clip for us. Who's up first, Ben? What's up, guys? I feel like it's always good that we start off the show with a little Jimbo. I don't know how you guys feel, but uh, yes, all right, love it. I think we skipped him last week, so this will be good. Okay, let's get to Jimbo. And you mentioned the um, when there are calls that you don't agree with, do y'all send? Do y'all make a video of them? Yeah, we do send it in, and they tell us what they think is right or wrong, and we'll agree, disagree, and move on. I mean, and and also how they're going to call, and I send our guys in. If I think we committed a penalty and they didn't call it, I send it in. They say I'm the only one that does it, but and, and do they but, like, "Oops, sorry"? Or <laughs> no, they just tell you they they agree that that was a they miss call and that wasn't a miss call. So, okay. thanks, coach. Down y'all did, y'all just don't get privy to all that, Down front. which they shouldn't, right. and, I, and I get it because officials take a heck of a beating anyway. I mean, guys get on them all, and I don't, they don't mess up on purpose. Sometimes they mess up, but but it is part of the game, man. It's uh, they can affect it. All right, so <laughs> I'm gonna do this, guys, because it's too easy. We, you saw the eye shiftiness that yeah. goes on when Jimbo's lying. I mean, what's lying? the what's the premise there? That he's is it just for the good of the game? Like I'm gonna send in clips, buddy. So hey guys, I'm just want as a teaching moment. You you didn't catch us cheating on this play. There's zero chance, Corey Clark, that that man sends in penalties that they committed and inquires whether or not it was missed. Zero. So do you do you guys remember that crazy commercial from about ten or twelve years ago where the kid they're playing the state championship oh, game this, and the, kid, oh, the sport, yeah, sportsmanship sport. thing, the yeah, sportsmanship, and the kid admitted he touched it out of yeah. bounds. Yeah. I mean, that kid's basically Jimbo Fisher. <laughs> He's, that's Jimbo Fisher in a nutshell. That Jimbo would go, look, guys, you got this wrong. You got it wrong. We. We held on that play. That touchdown shouldn't have counted. He wants to do it in the middle of a game when he sees I, it. That's what I'm wondering. When's he going to start doing that? Guys, guys, that, that play didn't count. We Sometimes, had- and this goes back to when we covered him, he'll say something and you can see it wash over him immediately. That's not true. I just lied. Why did I just lie? I had no reason to lie. It just happened. Yeah. It's crazy because you'll see it. He'll be like, and then I told him that, you know, what we're going to do, and then he'll say it, and everybody kind of looks at him and goes, yeah, and yeah. He just well, looking around like he knows well, he, everybody knows it's not true. 
He's like, uh, yeah, they tell me I'm the only one that ever does it. Yeah, Jimbo, nobody else would ever do that. That's in not the dreams, whole point of the process. Like you, he dreams it. Like it's in a dream that he's done this. And they're like, Jimbo, you're the only person that ever does this. The thing is, there is, in my opinion, there is a chance he might, when he's sending in all his gripes, go, and by the way, we had 12 men on the field. You didn't see that. Y'all, you guys were terrible. But that's not the spirit of what he's doing. So, he's so not maybe, doing it to like – he's doing it to show them how – if he did it at all, it's to show everybody how awful the whole – to show the officiating chief that's a big, how yes. awful the crew is. That's yeah, I can big. see I can see Petty Jimbo saying, yeah. you guys suck so much, you didn't catch these blatant holds that we had or this past interference that we had. Maybe if he's ever done it, that would have to be the way. Yeah, but, and I think, by the Leary. way, the key there before we move on is – if he's ever done it, right. dot, 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 A. B, if he did, that's when, and it might have been three years ago, so now it's a catch-all. I send him in, too. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah, I've done it. I've yeah. only ever done it. Just that's for the good of the game. All right, Ben, coach number two. Hey, we heard from Kirk Ferentz. I think it was our first ever episode. Uh, the offense has not gotten better since then. They lost 31 nothing to Iowa. Uh, a reporter asked if he was going to make any changes after that defeat. Do you see any issues with what you're doing offensively, or is it just a matter of continuing to do the same thing? We're, we're not going to, you know, create a new playbook. Is that what you're suggesting? Or just even I know that you aren't a fan of wholesale changes, but is there anything schematically that you think needs to change? I'm, I'm not a wholesale um, believer in just you know changing because you had a bad game. It was not a good game tonight. I think we've made progress in three weeks. Tonight was disappointing. Played a really good football team. We'll keep it in perspective. Um, and we'll, you know, we'll evaluate things over the course of 12 games. I mean, we still got eight to play, so it's, you know, not ready to got, – we got quality guys. We've made improvement. Uh, I think we're doing a lot of things really well. Not tonight necessarily, but uh, no, we're, we're not going to just, you know, start over again in any phase. I don't think we've ever done that. Fellas, I do like the retort of create a new playbook. Yeah. That's pretty good. I mean, if you want to fire back at somebody, create a new playbook is pretty good. Now, it lacks perspective on the historical offensive struggles at Iowa under <laughs> under Kirk yeah. Ferentz, but well, it's still pretty funny. It's also, and he knows the setting he's in. And this is what we talked about this before, but it might have been on the when we talked about him last time. You know, college. The, the guy asking that question, my guess, is a college reporter. Like, he's somebody like Corey or I that we cover the team. You need to write features and notebooks. It's not like dealing with the New York media or the Philadelphia media in the NFL. So he knows that guy's not going to respond by saying, well, you could fire your son because he's clearly inept at running an offense because that's not – I mean, we have a job to do. We have to come back the next day and do feature stories so we can't act the way they do in, an, in a market like that because, yeah, man – it's crazy how bad their offense is, and they just got shut out. I mean, it's not like they got shut out. It's not like they're a group of five team that got shut out. I mean, they're a team in their conference, and they were inept. I think and they I, had, and the, and some I of the numbers are crazy. I think they had like 20 nuts. yards in the second That's half. what I was just looking up because I wasn't being rude texting while y'all were talking. I was looking up the, the final score. So, yeah, obviously zero points against Penn State. Uh, 76 total yards, four yeah. first downs. I four. mean – first downs mm. in an entire football game when your son has already been given this ridiculous parameters to keep his job because you don't want to fire the head coach's son. It's all just not, I just imagine being an Iowa football fan and watching that you've had in, in look, they've been relevant ish. They've been pretty good. They, they oh. have an unbelievable defense. Yeah. 
but good grief, man. At some point, the dad and Florida State fans kind of can relate. The dad holding the program hostage by keeping a son that doesn't belong in that position has to be infuriating. And so after the game, when when the head coach is like, we're doing some things well, maybe not tonight. It's like, well, no shit, not tonight. You had four first downs on national TV, man. My man, uh, I think both of you in this fierce effort to point out the ineptitudes of the offense are overlooking the 41 points scored last week against Western Michigan. Oh, that's How true. So they're still conveniently glance over the. Well, that's right. Yeah. It, it does it that Jeff, what is the number he has to hit? The, 25 per game, 25 per game. So, I mean, he got 41 and zero, so that's 20.5, Yeah, but he's still right there. He's still sniffing at the 25. Well, if you'd like to know, for those counting at home, he scored 20 against Iowa State. Okay, so minus five. And 24 against Utah State, but one of those was a defensive score. It doesn't matter. Counts. I the don't problem know is, does. The <laughs> problem is, stop hiring your sons. Stop hiring your yes. sons. Didn't work for Ryan Bowden. Didn't work for Bobby yep. Petrino. Didn't work for Mark Rick. It's not yep. working for you. I mean, it's just it's because – it's the first thing everybody's going to turn to if things don't go well. At least Bill Belichick hired his kid as like a linebacker's coach. Yeah. Right. Don't hire him to run an entire side of the ball. Yeah, the, the only time we can really find the guys that are working out that were originally hired by their dads, I think Shanahan in the NFL worked out. That's that, about that, one's it. Worked, that one's working out all right. That one's working out all right. But they don't, don't work think. together right no, now. Not anymore. Yeah. Not anymore, yeah. Ben, what do we got here, baby? We've got uh, one of the favorites on the program, Dave Aranda of Baylor, up oh, next. Boy. And yeah. uh, reporters are still being mean to him, guys. I'm still getting a little nervous, mean. but he appreciates appreciate that. that. Appreciate Whatever you are as a person, whoever you are, when you look at yourself in the mirror as a football coach, right. as a head coach, right. wow. what has gone wrong? Right. And oh. how long will it take to fix it? You kind of answered that a little appreciate bit. Appreciate that. Yeah, I think we have to be able to look at – I appreciate the question. We have to be able to look at the things that we're not performing well in, and we have to you know, take any of the emotion out of it. And we have to look at you know, whether it's, it's a coaching error or it's a personnel issue or it's a uh, you know, we're asking too much here or we're not devoting enough time here. We have to get all the emotion out of it and just address the kind of the reality of it yeah. and fix it. You know, and I think things like that can um, as it's as simple and as difficult as that, you know, because a lot of times emotion gets into it. But um, clearly with him, I love the staff and I love the fact that they um, are all in and they want to address things and they don't hold back and they want to get better. And so I feel like that's the journey that we're on. Don't you don't you think that that's really the problem, Dave Miranda, is like there's just too much emotion. Like that's, yeah. he's yeah, just, he's, if he could just tamper that down, I think everything would be okay. It's like a modern day Sam Kinison <laughs> for, uh, for a reference for the, for the, for the younger generation. I'm, I'm very concerned guys. I, I don't like where this is headed. Every time he talks, I get a little bit more uncomfortable. I, but just, I think that's him, right? He might've been like that when they were winning 11 games. I think that's I, just who he is. I, I think so. And I don't think the people in the state of Texas how about a real well, with well, yeah, that one guy speaking for the people. The one guy, he he's yeah, how do you he basically asked, how do you look at yourself in the mirror <laughs> oh, as a football dude. coach? And he's like, Hey, I appreciate he was, that question. Appreciate he was one that question. Step away of saying, <clears throat> as being a resounding failure, yeah, how do you feel as a human being 
about how it is you've cost us in the state of Texas. Yeah, how did you look at yourself in the mirror with all that money you make? I didn't realize Baylor football inspired that kind of path. I mean, maybe I'm, I mean, I guess it does, but it's well, just like, here in the last ten years. Yeah, but maybe. that guy, that guy is acting like he's at Notre Dame. Oh I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, there's I, real anger in the heart there, but guys, it's getting uncomfortable at Baylor. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, I feel like we should do an intervention and like just go sh- support Dave Aranda. Like, I would. I want to go just give him a show. hug. It wasn't thank him for what he does for our show. Right. That's true Remember, too. he's in Waco, Texas, guys. Yeah. I just don't think this is going to end he, well. He also, yeah. he also, that question hit him off stride because he he forgot to say I appreciate it. Yeah, but he circled back. And he, he was so back. taken aback yeah. though. He's like, it didn't even occur to him to appreciate the question until he'd already started yeah. his answer. I wonder if he looked at himself in the mirror after that and go, <laughs> Dave, you got to be better. You waited six words until you say I appreciate that question. Given your dereliction of duty, sir, how would you yeah. say the team is going to get this turned around? <laughs> It's just funny to think about, like, again, I'm going to use a really old reference, but he's like that to us. He's like that to the camera, to the public. But what if in the locker room he is like a just a fire and brimstone, slamming lockers, throwing helmets? It's like the uh, the Phil Hartman SNL skit when he's Ronald Reagan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Back to work. And yeah. he plays like this old fool, but he's like, back to work. I, I just think there's a chance he's like that with that team, right? Maybe he raises his – there's no mm-hmm. way he can It's not be working, like that Corey. Whatever it is, team. it's not working. No, clearly. Oh, well. Texas took care of him. All right, Ben. What do we got next, buddy? I don't know if you guys saw this. Uh, Louisville played Boston College last weekend. They had a player do a cartwheel, an offensive lineman do a cartwheel to kind of distract from what was going on in the play. A reporter asked Dave Doran about that at NC State. They play Louisville this week, and he just was not having fun at all with it. Sorry, guys. Let me find it here. There we go. JC? Move on. Some of you picked to do a cartwheel on the scout team. Could Kevin Smith or Alan Mann pull that off? And have you ever seen that before? No. I haven't even thought about it, to be honest. So I don't understand a point of taking a hard line on that. You had an offensive tackle at 330 pounds go, woo, and do a cartwheel. Like, he actually made a sound. You can hear the audio. And he has to know he's going to be asked about that. It's funny. There's nothing wrong with doing it. Why would you not have fun with that? Have you ever seen Dave Doran talk before? I have, but I, don't, I mean, like, you just had a player do a cartwheel in the middle of a play. How could you not expect to be asked by that, about that? It, it uh, man, like, I get that he's a pretty good coach. He is. Not great, not elite, but he's pretty good. But as an NC State fan who's only been pretty good your whole lives, wouldn't you like somebody, if they're going to be eight or nine wins anyway, because that's what you always do, that's your ceiling, a little more charisma, like have a little fun. Like, look at that guy. That's your leader. That's the guy you're wanting to go cheer for is the guy that can't even like for half a second try to joke. It might've been a dumb joke, but that guy just, it's like Dino Babers 2.0. Like there's no, there's no joy in him at all. Maybe he knows what's about to come. Even I don't Bill know. Belichick makes jokes occasionally. He, just he made a joke to... about uh, Taylor, Taylor Swift, Swift and Travis Kelsey. Yeah, but not Dave Doran's all business. Uh, I like the fact that the reporter thought that Dave Doran might have a funny Yeah, that was a misstep. Oh. Like, I was like, dude, is this your first Dave Doran press conference? This guy does not want joy in his life, and he doesn't want joy in anybody else's life. Apparently. I mean, good God, man. 
I think all of the other reporters should have stuck up for the one reporter and been like, Dave, Dave. <laughs> just answer the question. Had a 330-pound man do a backflip. Who's going to do it on your scout team? That should have been the whole rest of the yeah. press conference. That Dave, we're be. not going to move on yeah. about your running attack until you tell us who's going to be the scout team backflipper. We're not moving on. We're yeah. not moving on. You can shut it down if you want. We're not moving on. I would make him shut it down. Answer the question, Dave. Answer ben, the question. What do we got next, big guy? Guys, I still don't know how Notre Dame lost uh, to Ohio State. That was a crazy game, and I'm sure you all saw they had Ooh. 10 players on the field. Twice. Twice. Last play, uh, Twice. last couple plays, that is. So here's Marcus Freeman's explanation. Film shows that on that last play, there were only 10 people on the field. Just curious what happened. Yeah, we were trying to get a fourth D lineman on the field, and – I told him just stay off because we can't we can't afford a penalty. I didn't have any timeouts, right? So we couldn't afford a penalty there. Um, you know, and yeah, it's it's on us. It's we got to be better. Okay, look, number he one, did, he did come back and apologize, or he came back like later in the week and said, "Yeah, in his you, defense." By the way, you can quickly retort there. You can afford a penalty. Yeah, you're at the one yard line. That take gives like it moves the ball this much. Take, take can, the penalty and get your eleventh player out there, coach. Get ten yeah. personal fouls if you want. The <laughs> ball's going to move this much. Yeah, that's the beauty. It's half the distance to the goal line. Uh, I like that. It doesn't even to say I want to. We wanted to get an extra defensive lineman out there, but we didn't want the penalty. What's the penalty? <laughs> Having too many defensive linemen? That's not a penalty. Having eleven men on the field. Was he saying that he was? If he they thought snapped it, might it while be he's. 10? If yeah, he's running oh. and he's on this side of the line of scrimmage. Yeah. But the point is, like, yeah, I guess my thing is th there are at least 10 minutes had elapsed between that happening and him realizing that that just cost them the game and yes. the biggest win of his career and then going before the media. No, you got to think. I mean, he knows that question's coming. As he's drinking the water, you could tell him understanding the question is, is coming. Oh, yeah. But he never thought to come up with a better answer than maybe they'll believe this. Because then he, yeah, like later in the week, he came back and said. But also, well, it was yeah. two plays. Yeah. yeah, it was the last two plays. Well, they circled back because they they found the second one later. So here's what here's what I'd say too is, it, it, there's really no good answer there. Uh, it, nothing that you know absolves you of responsibility for not having eleven men on the field in the biggest point of the game and perhaps what would have been, as Ira suggested, the biggest win in his career. He, all you, I mean, it's tough, but he he could have rolled the used car salesman that is his defensive coordinator. He could have he could have told Al Golden, "That's it." Yeah, <laughs> I mean, that's that's a toughie right there. That guy gets two million dollars a year to not have eleven guys out on the field. It, but he's he isn't he technically like he runs the defense too. Like he's a defensive coach, right? Yeah. The point being, they had played awesome. They held a, a really good he offense. We think. Yeah. Just seven points in the first 59. It, you, it's okay to say, yeah, we screwed up. Mm -hmm. We screwed up. And even explain it. This is why, or I don't know why. I'm devastated by it. It was ridiculous. We're going to fix it. Not just, I just coming up with a nonsensical reason is what would bother me the most. Not mm -hmm. just owning up to it. Because when you know own up to it, people will be like, and, and also, they had 11 men on the field for the completion, right? The third and 19 completion. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So they ran someone off. Well, and it's nobody came on. Now, now it's yeah. a goal line play, so you're going to put your big personnel in. But right, so four guys came off, and only three mm -hmm. guys came on. Yep. Okay, that's there's math for you. Hey, what we want here, and we want this for all coaches. I know that you guys hate having to admit when you're wrong to just reporters or fans alike, but when you screw up that badly, as soon as the question starts, yep, 
That's on me. It'll never happen again. Next. Yeah. That's it. You know who did that great? Uh, Mark Richt. His first year at Georgia, they had the ball at like the three-yard line with no timeouts left, about to beat Tennessee. And he called a running play with Jasper Sanks. The great Jasper Sanks gets stuffed at the one-yard line. They can't snap another play, and the game ends like that. And as he's as he starts the press conference, he takes full blame, which of course he should. And he called the play, but he's like, "Look, that was you know." He basically said, "That's all on me. It's not the players. I called that play. I thought we were going to score. In hindsight, that has to be a pass because if we get stopped like we did, we won't be able to snap the ball again." And, Maybe. and fans were upset, but fans also were like, "Thank well, you, you do. yeah." Well, and maybe if if I was a head coach, I would maybe hire somebody or part of somebody's job be my believability like uh, analyst. And like you could try <laughs> yeah. out your cuz because yeah. that, there's no he played that through his head. He thought that that were well, we couldn't afford a penalty there, guys. I love I mean, the idea. That bothers me the most. They're going, "Do you buy that? Do you buy that?" I'm getting ready to go out there, guys. I got to yeah. know. You guys Let me know. Was this, yeah. Is this going to fly? Yeah. Does this work? Because the next question has to be, what do you mean you couldn't afford a penalty? <laughs> what you couldn't afford is them to score a touchdown with no time left. Like, you can afford for them to scoot the ball Ten penalties. six inches towards the goal line. Man, you guys, big guy. you could have had your defensive lineman punching <laughs> the other team's players in the face. Or doing a cartwheel. Yeah. Just do a cartwheel <laughs> in the backfield. Distract them. Hey, we had some weird beefs going on last week. Uh, Ryan Day and Lou Holtz, that was a well-publicized one. We have another one for you, too. Uh, We'll start with Ryan Day. I'm sure you guys have seen the post-game interview, but uh, he carried that intensity over into the post-game press conference, too. It's been emotional. Uh, The team will tell you that for the last couple days when I started hearing some of the things that we're saying. First off, it's not true. I don't know where people get off just saying things. It really upsets me. Put the film on. People make comments, and they don't watch film. Our guys are tough. They're physical. They do. They get after it. And they did it again tonight. And you said that was Coach Holtz? Come on. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it was. Front row, Tim May on three. I don't don't know where he gets off saying those type of things. I don't. I don't. I mean, I I have some other things I'd like to say, too, but I'm not going to say that because I'm more respectful than he is. Mm. I like my man off to the side trying to move it along. Like my knows. guy knew that Ryan was ready to go on along, and he's like, uh, you know, Jerry Smith over here, uh, really quick. <laughs> like he he wants to move it along. I don't how could Lou Holtz get you that mad? I mean, Lou Holtz is a hundred. He's eighty-six. I just looked it up. <laughs> I mean, what are we doing? And I legitimately that didn't son know of, that, that he was son alive. of a bitch, Lou Holtz, question our toughness. Yeah. I mean, what? I, I it's man, I, I have to imagine Ohio State fans. Maybe fired up about that win. I mean, they did win. It's a good win on the road. They've lost to Michigan two years in a row. They're not a, They're not in love with this guy anyway right now. For him to just make the rallying cry, effing Lou Holtz, who hasn't mattered in college football in 30-something years. In the last time we saw him, he was wearing a robe with Mark May on that stupid-ass college football final show with Reese Davis. Who cares what Lou Holtz thinks, man? It makes you look so petty and small to keep bringing up Lou Holtz. I swear I had to check. I didn't realize he was alive. I didn't either. 86. What's he? What show is he on where he had a platform to talk he, about he, anything? He apparently went on McAfee's show or something. Oh. And do they do so, that just to make fun of him? I, think I mean, I'm brought, not trying to be rude, but good grief. Who would care about Lou Holtz's 
perspective but, now is it 80 just, just because he's so far out of college football right now i love like at this time where you've got like you know dion and the colorado state coach jay norvell and you've got like yeah. you know real beefs with like middle-aged men mm-hmm. in the prime of their lives versus this guy with an 86 year old i mean it's insane i like I, that you think the two almost 60 year olds are in the prime of their lives hey in our <laughs> in, in, from my standpoint they are in the prime of their lives <laughs> But no, but seriously, like the thing with Ryan Day is like, if he, did he tell the players what Lou Holtz said? And they're all like, who's Lou Holtz? Yeah. <laughs> no, they're like, what, what did he say? I mean, it's not what like. What did Eric Parsonson say? <laughs> we know, we know who Skip Holtz is, but who, the, who's I mean, Lou? Lou? Is that his, is that his son? Yeah. 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 Oh, all right, Ben, what do we got? All right. So that was one of our beefs. Here's the other beef. This one wasn't as publicized. Of course, this is Jake Dickert. I believe that's how you say that. Uh, he misquoted Lee Corso. Yeah. So he thought that Lee Corso said that Washington State and Oregon State is the nobody watches bowl. But Lee Corso actually said it's the nobody wants us bowl. So oh, even uh, better. Much Jake better. goes on a, a, a big tangent at, about that after the game, throwing some shots at Lee Corso. Damn. Man, tough actually, week. There's a, you know, there's a lot of noise out there. I mean, I caught something this morning and I was just watching game day, you know, and Corso comes on and he says, you know, the no one watches bull, you know, and I don't really understand that. What's the merit once again? Because the facts say people watch the Cougs and the people watch the Cougs more than every team that's left over in the Big 12. You like watching Cougs. Okay, so I, you know, Coach Corso, he's at the point now where they just, they give him the sheet and he, you know, he reads off of it and they try to make a joke, but it didn't even, didn't even make sense. Okay, it's well documented what ESPN has done to try to, you know, get this, get to get our league into where it's at. And I would love to have a conversation with Coach Corso about the, you know, the value that he sees in breaking up the premier West Coast Conference. Okay, and I'd also love to have a conversation with Coach Corso about how he thinks, you know, student athletes and mental health and flying them all over the country is a positive thing. I'm open to those conversations. Oh, man. Ooh. It's a tough week for octogenarians. Man, it was really a tough need, week. You need a handler here, man. There is no good that can come out of attacking Corso in that in, the, in that way. Uh, and then, moreover, you get conspiratorial, too, when you drop yeah. in the ESPN is the one that's the reason that your conference is disbanding. I mean, there's a lot going on there. Come on, my man. But I get, like, if you're the coach of Washington State and everybody's left and you've got nowhere left to land. And you've actually got a good football team. Yeah. And the, the premier pro college or, football show is making Oregon fun St- of you. Oregon State, the team they played, is a good football team too. Right. And Very they good. beat Oregon State. Very and good. it doesn't matter. And like I can and they have no future that they no. Oh, it's frustrating, future. Corey, but you can't attack Corso. Well, you can attack the message of ESPN's gonna sit there and say he thought they said that no one watches his ball. Right. You even better if, be right. You better know what the well, hell was said if you're going to But even if he it. said no one wants this bowl, it's like, well, again, ES, the TV networks are the reason this is happening, so yeah, he but, can be frustrated by that. Don't make it personal with Corso and make fun of his age necessarily, but also ESPN has an 88-year-old man that they trot out every week. No, no, no. Listen, I get all of this, and he's got to get all of that before he decides to bring it to bear. I wonder if he used it in the locker room. He brought – I mean, he brought this up. You better be sure of what somebody said. I think the message, though – the yeah, that w- about ESPN is something he really wanted to that w- drill down. That would be a that would be a great clarification. Where like Corso's like, 
Guys, I didn't say nobody watches you. I said nobody wants you. Right. That's why you don't have a conference anymore. So quit I being not, a baby. Yeah. Quit. No, but the, the thing is, like, but he talks out of both sides of his mouth because he says, you know, Corso's at this age now where they're just handing him a piece of paper. That's well, not great. That well, then may, don't attack him. Then don't attack him. Right. Exactly. Then don't say, I want to have a conversation with Coach Corso about yeah, that. Yeah, talk about it. You just said he's basically drooling in his pudding and yeah. they have to just hand him a piece of paper. So why are you going to have a conversation? So why are you angling all of this to – yeah, go after ESPN. Don't go and after there are Corso. plenty of us who think that maybe it's time for Lee Corso, and maybe it was time five years ago for Lee Corso to retire. I agree with that. I think you can make that case. But if you think it's ESPN handing him a sheet, attack ESPN, because that's who you wanted to attack anyhow, and it's a much better look than it is to go after an 80-something-year-old I man. Want, I want a tag team match between Corso and Lou Holtz. Oh, boy. Against Ryan Day and Coach Dickert. I want, or maybe split them up. I was, was going to say, what doesn't yeah, sound like much of a contest. It's not going to work out well. I mean, <laughs> be good grief. Bill Murray slammed Corso down <laughs> 10 years ago. The, the, the other thing to say here is that uh, Corso's correct. Nobody wants Washington State or, or, or Oregon State. Nobody does. I think I, think I have does. a much bigger issue with Ryan Day. I think that is the dumbest looking thing I've ever seen a winning head coach do is make fun of – or not make fun, uh, be real, like almost like he wants to fight Lou Holtz. Like you know, Lou that, Holtz insulted so that, my kids, and it's like these kids don't know so who Holtz, Lou Holtz is, game, and they don't care. That game ended with one coach having two, 10 men on the field for two plays at the goal line, <laughs> yeah. and he doesn't look – Quite as silly as yeah. the guy who won the Ryan game. Ryan Day, if you saw him after the game, he's looking around saying, where's Holtz? Where's Holtz? Like, that's all he cared about. Like, Jameis, when they won the championship, wanting to go hug Coach yeah. Craig. That was that was Ryan Day. Where's Holtz? Give me Holtz. I think Day's a little sensitive because of the back-to-back losses to Michigan. Yeah. Clearly. Uh, yeah, clearly. All What's right, Beckler saying about him? <laughs> what, do we, what do we got here? What do we got? Hey, we've got someone auditioning for the Coach Speak Hall of Fame right here with Minnesota coach P.J. Fleck. This here is we go. Next level stuff, guys. Jim Trestle taught me a lesson a long time ago. I asked him a question. I said, why do you coach college football? You know, you don't get much time with a head coach when you're a GA, especially when there's only one GA. He goes, good question. He goes, because you never know what's going to happen. And I was like, that's the greatest answer ever, but the scariest answer at the same time. So what makes us really enjoy it can scare the hell out of you at the same time, you know, and that's, but that's the enjoyment. Uh, that's what, when dealing with young people, that's why you do it. And things like this are really hard to take, but it's part of life. So is when you come home and your wife tells you, you have can- she has cancer. Oh so my is God. when your child dies. So is when your, your, t- your, 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 your family's pet dies. No. Or, or when there's a what? divorce in the family. There, <laughs> there are so many things that are really hard. And this program or teaches them to hit it head on. We are going to roll right through the storm. However long the storm takes, we're rolling right through it. We're not God, going around it. Like we're not, we're not jumping out of the boat. Tough. We're going right through it. And that's why it's so fun to work with young people. And I guess that's why Jim Trestle said that. So that's been the best, some, some of the, one of the best quotes and advice I don't know if it was advice. He really just answered the question, but I took that advice. It really wasn't and, advice. Uh, a great question. So, and he didn't mean we'll it We'll get through way. it. And, uh, you know, they, they came in yesterday, positive attitude. And we I look forward to meeting with a lot of them today. A lot of them guys are already in there. And then uh, we'll come back and respond tomorrow.
I think no. Trestle was kind of like, man, keep, keep my name room. out of your mouth. <laughs> keep my name out of your mouth if you're going to bring up wife cancer after you lose to Northwestern. No, and worse yet, he doubled down after the wife cancer and it said, went to a or kid your die. kid dies. <laughs> or your kid dies. What in the hell are you talking about? <laughs> so it's it, the same. It, hey, guys, guys, the, the <laughs> unexpected in this game, it's a little bit like when your kid dies. Yeah, you guys. You, when it, when it, yeah. What when are you when talking your, when your about? Son passes and, away. And that's why we love the game so much. Yeah, that's because you never it. know. That's why it's you that's love why. life, because like, you never know. You know what? Some of us go through life, and the next thing you know, our wife has cancer. Yeah. But that's yeah. why you love life. Yeah. You, <laughs> yeah. you don't know. It was the best best advice. Well, what really wasn't advice, in fact. Nope. I don't know why I'm saying this. You that I'm so just get out of the room. I'm just trying to fill time now because I'm tired of answering questions about why we lost. It just went – Look, it sounded like a nonsensical answer to begin with because he's like, you know, I just why, – why do you like college football instead of I guess the NFL was the premise? And he's like, because you never know. And I'm like, well, that's dumb because you don't know in the NFL either. But, okay, finish your thought. And then he goes – he takes a real dark turn, which lose, blowing a 21-point lead to Northwestern in the fourth quarter can do that to you. Um, but it took such a dark turn where he went, wife has cancer, kid dies, and then he started to kind of peel back to like normal – what was the one after that? It wasn't nearly as bad. It was a pet dying. Yeah, pet, like you know, maybe like you a lose pet a hamster. Dying. Your hamster yeah. dies. Yeah, which is that you go from a wife to a to a, uh, a daughter or trying, son. Corey, think of the through line here. He is trying to tell you that the reason that they coach college football is the unpredictability of coaching kids. You never right. know what's going to happen. Right. It's not unlike when your wife gets cancer, your child dies, or your pet dies. Yeah. What are you talking about? It's look, and it, what are those you are the bad times. About? Those are the bad times, but there are good times when your wife doesn't get cancer. Yeah, it, it makes it, you appreciate you focus that. on those. Yeah. 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 PJ, that you're was the rough. worst person that I thought you were, and I already thought you were terrible. <laughs> that, that was that was that was a rough. That was that was rough. That was a right. uh, that was yeah. not a not a great look. The the. That was almost as bad as what happened on Saturday. If you're a Minnesota fan, you're like, oh, God, no. This is All our right. head coach. Ben, last one, whatever this one is, let's make it a good one. Here we go. Yeah, I like how he also uh, squeezed the row the boat analogy. In yes, there. rowing through <laughs> it. <laughs> rowing through it. Come on, man. You know, there are some tragedies that you just got to find a way, yeah. and that's what you love about life. Mm. So, Honey, he comes know, home. His wife's like, honey, I've got cancer. He's like, all right, well, we just got to keep rowing. We got a paddle. Get that paddle. Let's go. Your hands are a paddle. Your dad died when the Twin Towers fell today. Mm. But that's the unpredictability of life. Yeah. yeah, Row through it. You're just going to have to keep on keeping. That's why we love life. (laughs) So Next up, guys, we've got Charles Huff, Marshall head coach. Uh, Marshall beat Notre Dame last year. They beat Mm. Virginia Tech last weekend. Uh, He's a Saban disciple, and he's kind of mastered the whole coach speak thing. Here we go. That 10, you know, and two big ones coming up, homecoming next week, and then you go down to Raleigh one, the week after. One game. We got one game on the schedule. Just trying to find a way to go 1-0 next week. And if they tell us we have another game, then we'll load up. After that, we'll load up. We got one more game. We got championship next week, man. End of the season. End of the world, actually. Um, <laughs> end of the world. But, no. Yeah, you guys, I, I can get you guys. I'll come up here one day with a sad face, and you guys are hammering me with, why'd you call this on third down? But today, herd win. Heard win today. Okay. I actually like the end of the world with a football game. What are we doing? I actually like Charles Huff a lot. That, yeah, he got a little over his skis there with the end of the world. So it's, it's this next game is Armageddon, guys. We have to win this game or we all die. It's like the end the, of civilization. 
I like the uh, – and if they tell us they have another game, well, you know you have another game. You've seen the schedule. You, you've seen it. You know you have several more games. Don't give me At least eight. Vote. You have seven more after this and probably a bowl if you keep but winning, big guy. Not if not the end of the world happens on Sunday. You then... think his kids think like that too? Like when they talk about the week after that, when they, I guess they play NC State. They're like, no, 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 no. Nope. You're not talking about that, Joseph. We're only talking about this homecoming game. You heard, Coach. 1-0 this week. We might not get to play next week. Son, the only thing that matters is that you pass this test in English today. Right. There's no other class. There's no other year that you're going to be in school. It's If they tell you there's more schooling, fine. But for today, it's this test. You pass it or we all die. And look, son, you might die today. And if you do, I'm going to row through it because I'm learning lessons from all these, all these football coaches. I don't want you to do it, and I don't want your mom to get cancer. But things happen. Things it's happen. That's why we love life. Yeah, yeah. We can Dude. never top. Nobody's going to top row the boat. Nobody's going to top. That's him. crazy. That's a cra- That's the craziest one we've had. I think. Even going back to, uh, it's just the craziest one we've had. Do we? Do we have time for one more? Or no. We are we out? If you got one more, Ben, we got to make it a quick one. Let's do this thing. Yeah, we can make fun of James Franklin real quick. Okay. Uh, this is actually a good strategy, though. You hear about coaches uh, pumping in the crowd noise and stuff. So Penn State's getting ready to play Northwestern. I saw this. this Coach awesome. Franklin said he's not going to do that. It's going to be very different than what we played in last week. So just being transparent and honest, um, you know, are we uh, internally motivated or are we externally motivated? But for me to act like it's not a factor – it is, and you gotta you gotta get prepared for it. We haven't had any music, even our period twenty. You guys know we usually play the Phil Collins, um, and it's usually blaring. And you know they were asking me to turn it up today, and I said I said no. So just little things like that. But at the end of the day, you know it's going to be about us executing our jobs and our assignments, um, and playing the game for each other, and playing the game for our love. Uh, for the game of football and for our teammates and and playing up to our standard no matter the circumstances. I'm going to assume that he means in the air tonight by Phil Collins. There's no chance they're playing Susu Studio. I was going to say, like or it could be uh, like, what uh, Against All Odds. Might be yeah. the Against All Odds Take song. a look at me now. Yeah, that's you know, a great we, jam. We usually or, crank it. Uh, one, of the di- one of the Disney movies. One of yeah. The oh, yeah. Like, Win an Oscar every year. Man, the context is, is that uh, he was asked about blaring music because it, usually when you go on the road, you do that. And his yeah. answer was, we're going to Northwestern. <laughs> Even said they averaged 17,500 Oh, no. So I like we're that. Not, I love it. I think it's great. There's going to be yeah. no crowd. So don't get used to the don't, – don't even prepare for loud noises. Make it an internal week and not worry about external stuff. You should have said, have you ever been to Northwestern? Yeah. yeah. It's only well, loud in the library. It's louder in the, the record, library. And for the record, in our 20th period, we usually play She's an Easy Lover. <laughs> and <laughs> today we didn't do it. Today we did. We just played the sounds of the Northwestern <laughs> Library. A couple of shushes, and that was some, it. Some pages, tur- some pages turning in the background. <laughs> the leaves oh. are falling in the fall. That is good. That is good. For Corey Clark and Iris Chaffel, I'm Jeff Cameron. Oh, ben, great work as always, buddy. Be back with us next week on Coach Speak. Spread the word. Peace.